All right. Hello, everyone. Whether you're here on your favorite podcast platform or if you're in Santa Cruz listening to KSQD at 90.7 FM, welcome to our show. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and this is What to Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What to Be is a program provided by Your Future is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit dedicated to helping students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future is Our Business. All right, and finally, uh, I'm excited to share a conversation with y'all that I had with Brian Peacock. Brian, he is the host of the Locked On 49ers and Locked On NFL podcasts, two podcasts that I like to listen to very much. He is uh, someone I've looked up to and tried to emulate sort of his podcast hosting style as I try and come to my own here. And so uh, let's let's get right into it. He, he had a lot of good things to say, and I hope that he, you guys can pick up some wonderful career advice from from Brian's journey. So let's hear from him now. Brian, thank you again for being here with me. Jacob, it's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. And Brian is here to talk to us today about his career journey and how he ended up being where he is now, which is a podcast host and sports analyst and reporter. So I guess, first of all, can you tell us what are the names of the podcasts that you host and where are, is this how you are also a sports analyst and reporter? Yeah, so um, currently, I and as of the beginning of last football season, so September of 2019, I became a full-time podcaster, basically, and that was when my podcast income overcame my regular radio income, and before that, I was doing the podcast, and I was also reporting on traffic in the Bay Area and throughout California on, on numerous radio stations. The company I worked for was called the Total Traffic and Weather Network at the time and uh, owned by iHeartMedia. So we did all the iHeartMedia Bay Area stations and did all their traffic stuff and did a little bit of sports and news updates as well, but did reports on uh, from Fresno all the way up to Seattle markets for various radio stations. And, uh, and then the podcast thing, I was doing the Locked On 49ers podcast, which is my, my main thing, daily podcast about the 49ers. And then the the guy who is the CEO and the founder of the network we work for, which is the Locked On Podcast Network, asked me to jump on with former NFL scout Matt Williamson and host Locked On NFL, the national football show. So now I am the host of two shows. I, I host Locked On 49ers by myself, and I'm the co-host with Matt Williamson of Locked On NFL, and then have some other duties that we, you know, we have a partnership with Google. So we're part of the Google News, so I do Google News updates, and so it's been pretty crazy to go from doing this podcast on the side, just a 49ers-centric show, to now having you know six uploads per day, because it's two daily podcasts, oh, wow. plus it's news about each team, and it's, two, it's a long and a short news brief about the 49ers and then about the NFL as a whole, so I'm doing six uploads per day. So it's, it's a full workload of podcasting, and it's a career I never thought I'd really be doing. Yeah, man, that is wild. I, a ton of questions I have already come to mind, obviously, as a podcaster, radio show host myself. But I, I want to take us back, for way further back. I want to know about your education background and wh where you kind of started from. I, did you, were you growing up thinking, I want to be some kind of reporter? Like, I have a lot of friends who said they want to be sports reporters. And maybe they go into journalism or something, but it usually doesn't pan out for most people. So where did your journey really start? 
Yeah. Well, my journey with sports started as just a kid playing sports and I wanted to be a player. I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Like that was my dream job. If you asked me when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, I want to be center fielder for the San Francisco Giants, right? Growing up in central California, a town called Visalia, California uh, is where that all started out. And I, that, that was my love for sports started there. And then around the time of my 15th birthday, got a guitar and then it went from being okay sports everything all day every day too i still like sports but now just music and the next 10 years of my life was like music all day every day and that was it and so during that time i got this background of not only being a sports fan and playing sports growing up and loving sports but also audio you know recording music and playing music so this collision of sports knowledge and audio knowledge came together in an industry much later down the road that didn't exist at the time you know and even with with sports radio it wasn't really a dream to be this on-air person because how do you even get there? It was something that nobody would ever put me on the air to be a radio host, right? So that wasn't even a dream of mine until I started to work a little bit in the radio industry. And then I was like, okay, well, let's see if I can go down this path. You started feeling that way. And so what about, how about your education? Like, what did you, did you go to college for with this purpose in mind as well? So I went to school first and it was sort of, you know, being... I didn't know what to do. So I was playing music on the side, but I started going to school, junior college. And then uh, I was living in Chico at the time, then went to San Francisco State after transferring. And I was a business major, entrepreneurship. You know, I had a very do-it-yourself, DIY, punk rock sort of an ethic. So I was like, you know, small business is it's a smart thing. You know, I'll be, I'll be pragmatic about it and I'll go be a small business owner and learn about business. And I just got so bored. It was like, I, I don't want to sit through another accounting class. Like this isn't for me. And luckily I learned about a really great program at San Francisco state. And this is way down the road. And look, like there's a lot of different paths that can take you to different places. And I was off and on going to school and going to school part-time and working and bartending. So, I mean, it took me 10 years to get my bachelor's degree. Right. So it wasn't like I was right out of the gate working hard at school only. And, and, had my head in the books, just studying broadcasting and became a broadcaster. Like it was a long roundabout path for me to get where I am now. And so I entered into the broadcasting program at San Francisco State. Shout out to Becca and did a little <laughs> couple of uh, radio shows there. And mostly still at that time, even I was more focused on recording music than the radio side of things and then got an internship through school at KMBR, which is the 49ers and San Francisco Giants flagship radio station in the Bay area and started working behind the glass there and producing and board up and, and stuff like that. And then my radio career sort of started growing from there, but it wasn't really the first thing. And even when I got into college, I changed majors and still was focused more on recording music than I was on radio. Can you talk about that? Maybe the kind of resilience that you maybe had, because everyone comes in and they talk about how no one's, no one's path is, is straightforward. What, what did you need to tell yourself to get through Anytime, like if you were early on in music feeling any sort of imposter syndrome or feeling like you weren't in the right place, I imagine a 10-year journey through college, that, that's a long time. Like no matter what the end goal is, that's a long time and that sounds difficult. So yeah, yeah talk about that. Yeah, definitely. And there's some resilience there. And there's also, for me, some not knowing and still sort of finding your way through everything. And even with the music side, it wasn't so much that I was in a band that was like, we're trying to get big and write hits and do that. It was like, 
I love doing this and I just want to keep doing it. So I did whatever I could to, to work and still go to school and still play music and try to do all those three things at the same time, which bought me some time, I guess. And eventually I found where I wanted to go with things career wise and go into the radio side of things. And that was where I wanted to have a career and make my money because the music thing was never, it was never, let's go make a bunch of money and I'm going to be a career musician. If that happened, that's great. But that wasn't, and it's like, sort of like I mentioned with the radio thing and being a radio host and being on air in a major market, it was so far out there. It was like, I would never be that anyways. And I like, I can't, you can't just set out to be a rock star and go be a rock star. The odds are so crazy. So even that part of it, even playing music was like, no way is anyone going to just pay me to play music and that's it for the rest of my life. And so it never seemed like that was going to be an option either. So it was just something I enjoyed to do. And I, I had to do it kind of right. Like it, I, I had to do it. It was something inside of me that had to be done. So it was going to be done. And that's where the music thing was. And I wanted to stay in audio. Once I started doing the broadcasting, it was just too fun. And then you realize how many careers there are. And then doing the college radio thing was super fun. And then obviously it was like, okay, well, here's where audio and sports collide. This is for me. This is the career. And this is where I want to go full speed ahead now. And it took me a long time to find it. Then I found it. And then my career started to take off. And so you you mentioned it was toward I think the once you the end of your time at at San Francisco that you ended up with KNBR. Yeah, so I got an internship there uh, my last year at San Francisco State, and I was interning at um, uh, at Cumulus. So I was I was working with the FM stations and the AM stations, and then after my year of internship, I ended up working full time at or not full time but part time at KNBR behind the scenes as a board op, and started doing more and more there. And then eventually I, I realized that, and this is one of the paths, if, if anybody out there wants to be on air, whether it's, and really with any, any journalism, if you want to be a writer, if you want to be um, on TV, if you want to be on air in radio, you got to go start small and then work your way up from, you know, Casper, Wyoming to, you know, a little <laughs> bit bigger market and then another bigger market. And eventually get to the major market you want to be. You don't just walk out of school and then get a job in a major market on the air. It just doesn't happen that way. And so that's a pathway for a lot of people. And that was one of the other things was like, I don't know if I want to take that path, but then all of a sudden, and one of my last years in college, this podcasting thing was kind of around and my group of people that were, that had, that had a radio show, shout out to Eamon and shout out to Antonio, my guys that were my co-hosts on our sports talk radio show. I did a music show, a rock and roll show, and I did a, a sports radio show at KSFS, San Francisco State Radio. And we basically taught our class what podcasting was because the professors didn't know about it. This is this very new thing. It was like, okay, what is podcasting? And at the time, it was a format called Podomatic is where we put our old radio shows up. And it was very new. And then it wasn't like, oh, this is a thing that's going to be a career for people. It's just like, well, we're screwing around and here's some stuff just like it is with music. Here's, go here go listen to our band. It was like, here's a podcast. If anybody around wants to put this on their iPod, they can go listen to this radio show. And it wasn't a thing where this is going to be a career, but I had that background and that was sort of hitting at the time. And then we started podcasting at KNBR and behind the scenes and putting the shows and interviews up on the, on the website and podcasting. And it still wasn't that big of a deal and it still wasn't really monetized. And it took a while for all that to come together where there was enough people that listened to podcasts and advertisers took it seriously. And I was doing a 49er show and then that all came together with a daily podcast that could be a career. But it took a very long time and, and it's something that most of the time throughout my life didn't even exist. It wasn't even an option to have as a career. 
So I'm I'm looking at some of the uh, on at the questionnaire that you filled out for us, and I see on there also pro football focused analyst. How how what was your entrance into into the pro football focus? Yeah, so it started actually with RotoWire, which is fantasy sports. And so when I was working, like I don't remember the time frame. I think it was when I was working, and you know, still bartending part time and working part time at KNBR Radio. And I started writing blurbs for fantasy websites, which is basically so RotoWire, the company that I started working for and writing fantasy baseball and football blurbs. You would see their blurbs for ESPN or CBS fantasy sports and you would see the little blurbs pop up about a player that say, oh, this guy got hurt. He's out four to six weeks. This other guy is the backup player that's going to take his spot. This, you should pick him up because of this or don't worry about it because he's not good enough. You should not pick him up. Those kind of things, those little fantasy blurbs. So I started doing that and that was fun and you know, got a little bit of money doing it and a little bit of experience on the writing side of being an analyst, which was cool. And it was fun. And I got to at least put my own little input out there rather than just turning knobs for other people's input on the radio side of things, which was what I was doing. Did you ever expect that you were going to get into that writing area? Yeah, I thought, well, let's see how this goes. You know, let's see what sort of um, pathway this opens. If it's, you know, something that could become my full-time gig because it was fun. And I was a young guy playing fantasy sports and it was something I did anyway. So, and that was sort of what informed all of my decisions was I enjoy doing this. So let's try to do more of this and get paid for it. Right. And I did that for a while, and then I jumped over to the analyst side of Pro Football Focus, which was a little bit of writing and a lot of breaking down film of games. And this was really tedious, and this was kind of fun and kind of interesting, but at the same time, I realized in my year working at Pro Football Focus, it was like, okay, this is not really for me either because it was really tedious. Basically, what would happen is Sunday night after a football game, I would get this really early version of the film of the game, and I would have to go through and chart every single route of every player during the game. Rewind, oh rewind, fast forward, rewind. Every, and so it would take eight hours to do one game. And so they have an army of people behind the scenes. You get this report for Pro Football Focus, for those that don't know what it is. They give grades and they give all of this deep a- analysis of the game and everything you could want to know about what happens in a football game. Grading players, what, where players are lining up, who's in the game, how many snaps they're playing, where they are in these snaps, and the outcome of all this, you know, so... Tons of information that they have, and they have an army of people behind the scenes doing it. And the the hardest job actually was the thing I did right before charting routes was a little bit more fun because I played a little bit of wide receiver when I was younger, and I you know I enjoyed charting what routes and what people were doing. This was when the 49ers were not good though. It was the Chip Kelly era, uh, yeah, 2016 Chip <laughs> yeah. Kelly era of the 49ers is the season that I charted routes. But before that is player participation, which is even more tedious. This is just who's on the field. That's wow. it. That's your job. Every single play, who is on the field at all the positions. And that takes forever, 12 hours to do one game. So essentially, you're doing it all night long as soon as the games end and uploading the information first wow. thing in the morning. Or for those people on the East Coast, oh they might God. wake up early in the morning and start doing it after the game. So, because uh, they need the information as fast as possible because yeah. you can't do anything else until you have the player participation who was on the field. And so it all starts with that. And it was really hard to do because you would have to, because you don't get like the broadcasts and even the, the all 11 film isn't geared toward that information. So you would still have to figure out, okay, which player is this? Did this right guard just sub out of the game? And you would go by it because you wouldn't always get there, see their numbers clearly. And some of the uniforms are hard to see from far away. And so you'd have to be like, okay, he has an armband here and white gloves. This guy has black gloves and a towel hanging out of the back. And so you would have to learn 
what guys have on to figure out who's in the game coming in and out of every single play. It was wild. And it was really cool and really interesting. But I found out, you know what? Doing the writing stuff was okay and fun. And even sometimes writing can feel like homework. And I was like, you know what? Playing with audio is fun. I love doing that. Let's do more of that. Let's do less tedious work, input, spreadsheet stuff. Let's do less writing. Let's do more audio because that's fun. Yeah, man, I feel that very, very much so. I a little bit about my my background. I'm a, a grad student on sabbatical. Uh, I'm studying uh, chemistry basically, and so I, I needed to put that on the back burner because that's not where my entertain. I like this communication, and I found this love for audio, so I can very huh. much relate to to that right there. All right, so we've got a good. Uh, picture of of where you came from, how you really got into what you're doing today. So let's talk about specifically that. You host the Locked On 49ers podcast and the Locked On NFL podcast. What kind of preparation goes into, oh man, yeah, I mean, you do, first of all, I, I can only say from the outside, you do so much. So I guess, can you tell us what, what you do within each of those podcasts and how you prepare for whatever it is, whether it's uh, airing or getting information for what you need. Yeah. So for the 49ers show, it's all, it's all me. It's a one man show. And so I'm doing the booking, I'm doing all of the editing and audio stuff and uploading and uh, all the social media work. It's, it's the way I like to put it is that I'm always working and I'm never working because it's fun and it feels like you're not working. Right. And you can attest to it. We're just having a conversation where I have fun talking about something and it's something I enjoy doing and I follow the 49ers anyway. So I talk about it and I have an analyst's mind. So I analyze what's going on. And the always working part is that, you know, it takes time and you have to do all this and I want it to sound good. I want it to stand out when you listen to a bunch of podcasts because there's a ton of competition out there. There's a lot of podcasts in the world. I want you to listen to mine and be like, okay, this guy's good sounds great professional level and it's consistent so you have to put a lot of work into that and that's where the audio knowledge also came from so i had the unique ability to put that all together into one package with my podcast and it's never ending research so i have to be able to hit record and do a half hour show every single day on the 49ers and sometimes in the off season there's not a lot going on right the nfl is pretty good at being a year-round league and we just had the nfl draft and then they dropped the schedule. And then right now, usually there would be mini camps and, and things like that. So you would get some reports and some things to talk about, but you have to be informed about the subject matter. So it's nonstop. I'm constantly reading everything there is about the 49ers. I'm doing my own film work and, and doing whatever I can to be informed so I can give a good podcast every day and be prepared to do that. And that really never ends, but it's also the fun of it because that's what I would be doing anyway. So now I just get paid to do it. So I'm always working and I'm never working. And with the NFL show, I do a lot of the same stuff. I just, whenever I hit record, I'm with my guy, Matt Williamson, who's located in, I believe Pittsburgh, Latrobe, or maybe, you know, somewhere near Pittsburgh. Um, I don't actually even know where he lives, even though I've been doing a podcast <laughs> with him for a year. I just know he's in Pennsylvania near Pittsburgh somewhere. And he also covers the Steelers. But which town he's in exactly escapes me because he's in a suburb over there. But uh, yeah, he's on East Coast time. I'm on West Coast time. So, But I do all the producing and we sort of share some booking duties. Sometimes he'll have a guest that he wants to talk with. Sometimes I'll have a guest that, uh, that I think we should talk with. But generally, I do all the uploading. I do all the editing. And I do all the recording and he just joins me every day for the podcast. And that's why they wanted me to be the, the co-host with him because I had co-hosted with him 
for a special event last year around draft time. And he wanted it to be easy because he's not an audio guy, you know, and he loves football and he lives and breathes football and can talk about it nonstop. You give him a subject and, and he can just go with it. Right. But the audio stuff and uh, all of the, the technical aspects that go into podcasting wasn't his thing. So they wanted someone who could talk with him, who could hang with him in a conversation about football, but could also handle all the other duties. And so that's why I ended up getting the gig as the co-host of the Locked On NFL show. And how about, I feel like I missed, how, how exactly you ended up hosting the Locked On 49ers podcast? Yeah, so this is interesting. A guy by the name of John Lund was the original host of Locked On 49ers, and he actually has a KMBR show. He's one of the hosts in the daytime at KMBR, which is an interesting coincidence. But the reason he got the gig and the reason the whole network exists with now hundreds of shows because there's shows on all the major league baseball teams, NFL teams, NBA teams, and it's growing all the time with more and more shows. The reason it's called the Locked On Podcast Network is because the founder and CEO's name is David Locke. He's the play-by-play radio guy for the Utah Jazz. And he started a podcast a few years ago just on the jazz because he's play-by-play guy for the jazz. His name's David Locke. He said, I'll call it Locked On Jazz. And it started to go really well for him. And so he started to sell his own advertising. He's like, well, this is going great. Let's do Locked On NBA. And so we started doing that. And he's like, well, I have all these friends in the industry. Let's take this same format, duplicate it 30 times, and let's have each team. And I'll find people that I know that I have connections with around the league. And we'll have a whole network of podcasts and have every team in the NBA. And that went great. And then the next year, he launched the Locked On NFL network and the, the NFL side of things. And originally through their contacts in Salt Lake City back in the day, apparently David Locke had hired John Lund in that market a long time ago. So he reached out to people he knew in the industry to do the NFL side of things. And at some point, John Lund just didn't want to do the show anymore. And it was this was around that same time, PFF 2016. So after the 2016 season, I was doing a, a weekly podcast while I was also traffic reporting just for fun on the side with one of my coworkers that goes by the name of Nick Winkler. We were doing a weekly, yeah. Shout out to Nick, yeah. Uh, And he and I were doing a weekly show, and then I was like, you know what? This this locked on Forty Niners thing is interesting to me, and obviously, Lund has stopped doing it. So let's reach out to David and see if there's an opening and see what this is even about. If you if you if I would even want to do it, right? But the podcasting thing is going well. Let's take it to the next step. Let's ramp it up, and. It wasn't super popular at the time, but I reached out to David Locke and, and he's like, yeah, well, give me, you know, send me your stuff and let's see what your show sounds like. And he liked what we were doing. He thought it sounded good. And he's like, can you do this daily? I said, well, yeah, okay, let's go. And I still have Nick joining me once a week on the show, usually once a week on the show. But um, yeah, I was like, all right, let's jump into this daily. This is the 2017 off season. This is right about the time that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were hired to be in charge of the 49ers. So that's when I started doing the show. And at first I was like, what am I doing? How am I going to do a daily podcast on the 49ers? But I realized, you know what? There's plenty of content and I can do it. So four times a week in the off season, five times a week during the season. And it's been nonstop and it's grown and grown and grown. It went from a hundred listeners, which is basically how many listeners we had on the old gold faithful podcast that I did with Nick. We had about a hundred listeners per week. It started there. Most people jumped over with us, started listening to Lockdown 49ers. And now it's grown to last year we had two million downloads. Wow, my gosh! I I hope someday, someday, maybe what to be will get there. Now, 
That I love that story because I, I essentially what it came down to is that you reached out. You just you you put yourself out there. You said, "Hey, David Locke, I I, I can do this," and he was like, "Yeah, you can." And uh, I I mentioned I had an interview with someone just right before, and I, it's it's a theme in in these interviews. Honestly, is that a lot of times uh, some people's stories end up with success and just just reaching out, putting themselves out there. And so I'm glad that you're able to share that too. I, I'm curious, how how do you even go about advertising in this? H- how do you set up ads in the first place for, for a website like that? Do, do people reach out to you? So here's the key to all of it. And this was why I was really excited originally to jump on with the network and why I reached out to David in the first place is that sales is not my thing. And I, I did a little bit of sales interning when I was in radio. It's not my thing at all. And they take care of that on the network. So people can reach out to me and, and I get emails all the time from people that ask me about it and I just send them to the sales team. So I don't really have to deal with it at all, which suits me just fine. My job is to get the most listeners, have the best show, be consistent with it. And there is now a team of people doing sales. At first, it was, I think, just one person doing it for the entire network. And the fact that the sales is taken care of and that that was built in and he already had that template ready to go, which was really key for me because if it was me starting the podcast by myself and only really be the only person that's driving sales and trying to get those sponsorships, that would be so much extra work. It would probably make my podcast worse, worse and I wouldn't have had the time to do all of that on the side with my regular job to build it to where it is, where it could be my only job. Yeah, I wonder that. I just... The, the amount of content that you've talked about and that I, I see you put out, it's incredible. So I, it's awesome to hear that there's this whole, this, how the, the, you know, the cogs work in the organization that you're a part of. It's as a, on the listener side, it's, it's really interesting. I, I want to get more into now how, any advice that, or, or lessons that you've learned along the way. Cause again, your, your career journey, like, like many other successful people has, has been sort of all over the place. And so we, we try and pull out the, the bits and pieces that, that people have learned along that path. And I, I you mentioned something about having an analyst mind earlier. What, what, what do you think you mean by that? And, um, what sort of skills have you built with with that mindset that have been helpful for the career that you have now? Uh, I think just the way I look at sports and the way I analyze things and the way I break it down, because I'm a fan of sports, obviously, and I was a fan of the 49ers, which was the reason I started doing the other podcasts in the first place. But if you met me and hung out with me, it would probably take some time before you even realized that I liked football period, let alone the 49ers. Cause I'm not the guy that has, you know, that's decked out with the Jersey nonstop and, and all of that stuff. Uh, I like it because of the sport and I like breaking down the X's and O's and I like uh, the personnel and how everything fits together. And so that's just the way I watch any sport and I, I get into it in that sort of way. And for me, it's been a challenge to, to do a show that's both for fans that are like, you know, because some fans are like, look, the 53 best players in the NFL are the ones on the 49ers roster. I don't even want to know the names of the other guys because these are my guys. And if they're on my team, they're the best. Everyone else sucks, right? That There's a lot of fans that are like that. And then some fans are the opposite where they like a fan, they like a team so much, but they hate everybody because they're not good enough, you know, and they want everybody <laughs> off the roster. And so it's really fun to watch all of these interactions that I get on Twitter and people who listen to the show and I'm trying to do a show for everybody, but I want to inform people and, and give them a reason to watch maybe something that they weren't noticing before, or, um, just, you know, kind of bring all those mindsets together 
into one. And so that's sort of where the, the analyst mind comes in for me. And it, and that's why I started doing the pro football focus stuff. And that's why I started doing the roto wire fantasy writing. Cause he's like, look, I spent so much time doing this stuff. I can, I, I think I can, first of all, it's like having a big enough ego to think, Hey, I can do that. Right. I can do what these other guys do. And then also looking at the sport a certain way and, and having some ideas about how some things can be done. And so uh, that's the way I've always looked at the game. And, you know, when it comes to the draft, I love off-season stuff almost as much as in-season stuff. So that's another reason why I thought, you know what, I can do this daily podcast, even in the off-season, because I care that much about the draft almost as much as I do about game day. Yeah, man. I, I, I Again, I feel like I'm one of the, the statistics that you're trying to reach out to, because I had, I don't think, ever watched an, a draft in my life, ever, until this last year, because I listened to your show and you were telling us what... What was going on? Who who we should be interested in, or or who no one was thinking about? So it was really cool how you're able to bring someone like me who had no previous interest in, in the draft into being very excited and, and able to watch it. I want to go back to the uh, the KNBR podcast project. It, it sort of was right. It it wasn't. This was like something you kind of started there, and it was something on the side. Uh, you mean the the first 49ers podcast? Well, I, I was. Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't make that connection that you're that. So you're uh, was Golden Faithful, was it? Yeah, Gold Faithful was the first one. That was okay. later after I had left KMBR and I started doing traffic reporting is when I started doing that one. The podcast stuff I was doing at KMBR was just podcasting, uh, which is much different than what it is now because the word podcast can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. Then it was essentially like I'm uploading each interview to the website. So what, what I, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about is how ambiguous that word really is. Right. Cause so how, how, how has this career for you changed since doing that and, and doing what you're doing now? Yeah. And it was the wild, wild West. And even still it's, it's changing all the time, but back then and, you know, mid two thousands to 2010 ish, uh, even the early 2010s, it was basically like, here's a bunch of stuff. Like I don't know, listen or not. I don't know. It's just, it's out there. Right. And then, and because my co-host on locked on NFL, Matt Williamson, he had some popular podcast stuff that he did with, um, with ESPN back in the day, he's used to write at ESPN and they had some of the most popular early sports podcasts that they were doing on the network. And he was part of that stuff. And, uh, Jay Soderberg, also known as pod Vader from those ESPN days, he's actually part of our network now as an executive producer. So, um, they've got their, you know, they were, ingrained into the podcast culture way back but with KBR, all it was was you know if steve young is on with tom tolbert and ralph barbieri i would just cut that 15 minutes of audio and upload it to the website put a little description in and some of that stuff hasn't changed you upload audio put a description but um back then it was mostly it wasn't even so much that people were downloading it to their device and listening later i think they were just like you know logging into a computer and just listening to an interview that they had missed I see. So it's now it's more uh, or less so bringing out external audio. Now it's maybe clips here and there, but you're you are generating the content with your voice now. That's is that the big yeah. difference? Yeah. And it's almost uh, it, it's it's a borderline replacement for radio because now you're finding voices that aren't already on the radio. Back then it was, well, it's still just radio, but here's a clip that you that you maybe didn't hear or here's the post game notes after the Giants game you know crew can kipe on on baseball those kind of things would would be what we would be uploading to the website but now it's like its own thing now it's like a replacement for radio it's like well 
I want to hear more in depth about this subject. They might scratch the surface at my local radio station if they're even talking about that sport. But now I can go down this rabbit hole of, uh, of exactly what I want to hear on whatever the subject is. And I can find someone who's an expert talking as, you know, as detailed as possible about this one thing that I'm trying to hear about. And that wasn't the case before. And how, how do you, how do you go about finding, like, say you come up with a, a new idea that you want to talk about for an upcoming show and, uh, you you have to reach out to to someone someone new i guess an, an nfl scout or something how 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 do you how do you make that happen how do you do your outreach um this and, and this is something where eventually if this continues to grow and my time continues to dwindle i would have someone be a full-time booker because that's one of the things that can take some time because you need to reach out to people. You need to find out what their contact information is, where the best place to reach them is. And then you could line up, you know, guests for ABC days down the road. For me, I'm doing it sort of because everything I'm doing is, is all me for the most part. So it's kind of willy nilly. I'll reach out to somebody on Twitter. Maybe their DMS aren't open, so I can't get them there. So I got to find out what their email is. Maybe I get a response. Maybe I don't. And, and usually I'm not working far enough ahead where I'm not worried about timing. So I might reach out to somebody because I want to talk to them because there's this thing that happened now. I'm doing a daily podcast. I don't want to talk about this subject in three weeks. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. And if I can't get a hold of them in time to have them on tomorrow, then it's like, well, maybe we missed that window anyway. And maybe if they do eventually return my email and have them on at a later date. But everything happens so quickly that I'm, if I had a full-time booker, it'd be a lot easier to plan this thing out you know, weeks and weeks in advance. But at this point, now, sometimes I do have some things planned out in advance a little bit, but most of the time um, it's, I'm doing it week by week. And I'm like, okay, what do I want to do this week? Is there anybody I want to reach out to? And I'll shoot out some emails. I'll do some follow-ups. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But whether I get a guest or not, I've got to be ready to do a podcast for the next day. Yeah, man. Awesome. All right. Now I, we're getting toward pretty much the end of our time here. So is there anything that, uh, that you've picked up along along this journey you've taken that we're again we're looking for for advice for for students or people who are just trying to make sense of the endless career options that are out there 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 are all these different paths so is it do you have any advice career advice for for students that you've picked up along this journey that you'd like to impart them with yeah absolutely number 1 is be prepared for the opportunity because you don't know when it's going to arrive, right? You might wake up one day and this great opportunity shows up and it's like, oh shoot, I wasn't ready for it. I didn't have my resume prepared or uh, I didn't do this one thing that would have given me the right kind of background, the right kind of, the right knowledge, the right skills to be able to jump into this job. Maybe in six months I could have, but right now I just can't. So be prepared for the opportunity you want. And for those people listening, if they think, if they're young folks that know what they want to do, because I definitely didn't, that's great. I mean, that's awesome because you don't want to take this weird roundabout path that I took. <laughs> it's, it's fun and it's, I like where I'm at, but it's not really the ideal. If you really know what you want to do and you can take that path and you can start from high school and then find a college that's really good at the thing you want to do and go kick butt and go get good grades and get a good internship and, and follow this exact path through college. I mean, that is the best way to do it. And you're going to have to be prepared to work and you're going to have to be prepared to do all the things necessary. And like I mentioned, be ready when, uh, when it's time to strike and be ready to do that. But there's a million paths. So if you don't know, don't worry about it. Do what you love doing because 
if you love doing it, you're going to do a really good job at it and you're going to enjoy doing it. And then eventually something's going to open up to where you can say, okay, now this is my career. I put all the work in and it's starting to work out. And sometimes it takes some time. Sometimes it's pretty straightforward and you can see it on the horizon and you can go get it and you can, you know, do steps A, B, C, D to get there. But sometimes you have to make up the steps because they don't exist. Awesome, man. I, I Great way to end it. I'm going to read this outro and we're, we're set. But Brian, thank you so much for being here again. Uh, I This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, a dream come true, literally. I got to geek out before we started. So that was cool. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, Jacob, no problem. Uh, it was fun. Thanks for reaching out. All right, everyone, if you've made it this far, then thank you so very much for tuning into this special bonus episode. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and today's guest was Brian Peacock, a sports analyst and reporter and the host of the podcast Locked On 49ers and Locked On NFL. If you have any questions or want to share your career story with us, go ahead and send us an email. Reach out at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you enjoyed our show, you can keep on listening through any of the major podcast platforms, or if you happen to be in the Santa Cruz area, you can go ahead and tune in on the radio at 90.7 FM KSQD at 7 p.m. on Sundays. And finally, if you just want to get some more information about how we might generate career resources outside of this program over at Your Future Is Our Business, go ahead and check out our website, yfiob.org. And that's it. So, thank you and see you next time.